The scripture for this morning comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. Good morning. I'm Tracy. I'm from your sister church in Springfield, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm here because I love Matt, and I want to care for his extending and expanding family and for you as well. So if this sermon goes sideways for you, you can blame the infant Micah and see how that goes for you. Justice did not happen this week. This was a week of injustice. Now, perhaps you're freaking out in this moment and making assumptions of my political view, or maybe you're cheering me on and agreeing. Don't be alarmed. This past week is in good company. All the previous weeks from this past week have been in just as well. And all the weeks that are going to follow this week are going to be unjust as well. This past wasn't justice. But it was a moment of rare accountability. Now maybe you've heard that in the news, and maybe you don't like that phrase, accountability, and it was justice, but Derek Chauvin was held accountable for his unjust actions. Justice wasn't carried out, because George Floyd is still dead. In their public statement this week, Michelle and President Obama hinted at this idea of, this, of expanding justice. And they said, if we're being honest with ourselves, we know that true justice is much more than a single verdict in a single trial. Now what they're getting at, they're trying to get at that, that justice is more than just interpersonal. That justice is institutional as well. That justice is societal as well. That just is all these different levels of justice. And sure, maybe secular justice happened on an interpersonal level at a trial. But there's still institutional and societal justice that hasn't been happened yet. In, in a just society, in a just world, this would be a place where people of color, when they do comply with police commands, like Adam Toledo, they don't die. Or when people of color don't comply with police commands, like Dante Wright, they don't die. That would be a just world. The, the point is, is that I hope you understand Scripture tells you death is in opposition to God. They're enemies. And particularly death at the hands of, of humans to each other. 
Tim Keller gets this concept across. This is so important for us to understand. That true justice, he says, biblical justice is not just a set of bullet points or a set of rules or guidelines. It is rooted in the very character of God and is the outworking of that character which is never less than just. Hear this clearly. Justice is God's character, or justice is God's communicable attributes. We know this intuitively. Maybe you don't really have understood it in that way, but we know this intuitively because even in Scripture, the word for justice is the same word for righteousness. And all of us would say, yes, God is righteous. God's character is righteous. It's who he is. God's character is justice. I want you to, I think we need to start with the idea that justice is not a set of right or wrong. Yes, it is. But that is a terrible place to start in thinking about justice. Biblical justice is a foundation to understand that this is God's character. It's not a notion of right or wrong that we presuppose upon God, that we say, hey, this is what right or wrong is, this is what justice, and God is that. No, because then you've made a wrong standard out of, you, you put the wrong canon or the wrong rule of what justice is, or presupposing something upon God and making that thing God. God is justice all the time. That's the standard. And then we begin to understand what right or wrong is in comparison to his character, who he is. Yes, justice conveys a a truth of right or wrong, but we only understand right or wrong when we understand God's character. So throw out that cosmic scale of justice and put in the idea of who God is. You want to know what justice is? Learn about who God is. If I ask you to, to tell me who God is, I hope all of you would scream out the first thing would be, God is love. Yes, of course, God is love. Justice is not opposed to love. In fact, because these are all who God is, characters are who God is, justice and love are the same. They're synonymous. You can't compartmentalize parts of who God is. He is always just. And he is always loving. Therefore, justice, his justice, is simultaneously the manifestation of his grace. The steadfast love. Maybe you've heard this, and I know I have said this, and it's wrong. We've heard that, hey, the cross is the intersection of justice and grace, and justice and love, and justice and mercy. That's a wrong concept, a concept that thinks like somehow justice and grace were never intersected before. They are never pulled apart. They are always synonymous and together. The cross isn't the place where they come together. It's the full manifestation. It's the revelation, the the biggest revelation of what that is. God's grace and and his justice being fully manifested so we can see it. They are always together. Justice and grace. Yes, there is retributive justice in Scripture. 
and where God punishes injustice. Yes, that is there. But if you are faithfully reading Scripture and the story that God is, is revealing about who he is, that is such a small part of Scripture. The larger part of Scripture is God talking about reparative or restorative justice. Grace-filled justice. Because that's who God is. We come to this passage in Micah 6, 8, and you heard it last week. He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. He has told you what is good. I hope that rings a story to you in, in the New Testament when the rich young man encounters Jesus and he says, he's asking about his own morality. And he says, you're a good teacher. And Jesus responds, who is good but God? Who is good but God? And that boy, he's like, oh, he's like saying, only God is righteous. Only God is good. Only God is just. And of course, Jesus is announcing in that moment that he is God and is righteous and is just. But if you take that logic and you say, well, God is saying in Micah what he requires of us. What is good, what he requires of us, is to be like him. To be in his character. That's what Micah 6.8 is saying. Be like God in his character, in his communicable attributes to us. This is the purpose of God's gift of the Holy Spirit. God's gift of the Holy Spirit is to make us like him in his character. This idea of sanctification, to be set apart, to be holy, to be transformed. We'll talk about more of that in a moment. But this is gigantic. Micah 6, 8, of all the Jewish understanding of it, is the summary of the whole law. So the rabbis were telling you to understand that the whole moral law, Micah 6, 8, you could explain it in this way. And how does Jesus teach us about what the summary of the whole law is? Right, you know, it's love God. It's love neighbor. And so Micah 6, 8 is the same. Micah 6, 8 is saying that love and justice, as always throughout Scripture, are always synonymous they're never separated. The three requirements of Micah and the summaries, right, is to, to do justice. Right? If we're, what does the Lord require of us? What is his character? To do justice. To love kindness. To walk humbly with God. Will taught us last week to walk humbly. And, and, and the word here that he says is, is not normally the word that's used for humility, which is great. But more said, pay attention. Pay attention to your walk with God. Focus and be alert to who you are and who God is. I've just started uh, coaching again for my son's uh, baseball team. I haven't coached in a, in a long time. I've coached for my older kids. But one of the uh, commands I have, particularly in baseball, is to get kids to focus. Pay attention. Otherwise, they're going to get hit by a ball. I have one of these new kids that's never played baseball before. There's some social-emotional issues here, and he cannot focus very well. And so it's continually saying, hey, focus, focus, be alert. Pay attention to what you're doing. This is really important. Can we pay attention to, to who we are and to who God is? 
And then the first two requirements is to do justice. Justice is God's communicable attributes, his character. This, this thing, do justice, is saying, be like God's character. Do God's character. You want to do justice? You do God's character. And the second is love kindness. Or, or really a better understanding is, is steadfast love. This, this endurance of love, this perseverance in love, this love people when they are unlovable. Love people not because they deserve it. This covenantal love. Love people because they need it. This is how God loves. I hope you begin to see that these two requirements, do justice and love kindness or, or steadfast love, they're really saying the same thing. They're redundant. They're repeating the same attributes. God is always loving. And God is always just. To do justice is equal, is, is loving steadfastly. To persevere in love is to do justice. Is to be in God's character. And Micah is saying, pay attention to this. Here's the good news. God knows that you are not able to fulfill this requirement in Micah 6.8. What is good? It is not you and it is not I. You are not just. You are not kind And you do not pay attention to any of these things. You lose focus. Uh, But, you know, you and I, we don't, that's not uh, the margin that we do. We compare ourselves to other people. And we say, well, I'm more just than that person. I am gooder than that person. I am kinder than that person. Of course, what we're doing is setting that person to be the bar and to be the rule of judgment. So it's always easy for me to be better than someone because I can always set the bar lower than myself. But the good news is this. You and I are not just. Jesus is just. Jesus is kind. Jesus always pays attention to the Father's character because it's his character. He fulfills this requirement for us. This is his righteousness, not ours. This is his justice, not ours. This is his love, not ours. The reason Jesus goes to the cross, because he knows that you and I can't, and don't, and won't live out the commands in Micah. Because we are not just, and we are not loved. The cross, the cross is the ultimate manifestation and revelation of God's character, loving justice. Loving justice. This doesn't mean that you and I can wash our hands and say, great, Jesus got this. I'm out. I don't have to do any of these things. No, no, that's quite the opposite. Because the good news doesn't stop at the cross. The good news continues on when God gives us his Holy Spirit. 
indwell, this indwelling Holy Spirit to not just keep us where we're at. He does, God doesn't, yes, he justifies us. He makes us righteous in his eyes at the cross by giving his righteousness to us, declaring it. But he continues on to manifest that righteousness in us through his Holy Spirit. This is what Matt said a few weeks ago. In the Holy Spirit, indwelling Holy Spirit allows us to walk in the resurrected living. Christ is resurrecting us through the Holy Spirit, this kingdom living, to walk in this new way of life. This actually is life. Ezekiel tells us that God will give us a new heart and a new spirit. Jeremiah tells us that God will write the laws, the moral laws on our heart that we don't need to list anymore. You see, the Holy Spirit is the law on our hearts. The Holy Spirit is writing or communicating his attributes to our hearts. He's writing justice. And kindness, love on our hearts. Will asked last week, hey, so with Thomas train, you want to be useful. Understand that you are God's masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10. That you are God's masterpiece in which he created works for you to enter. He created his character for you to enter into this world to live out. Walk in those works. Walk in that character And what is that work? What is the requirement? It's the cross. It's the cross, which is loving justice. This intersection, this this idea of of the full manifestation of Micah 6, 8 and the law. We know this. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. He doesn't say, I'm just going to live out the cross and that's it for you. He says, no, follow me. Do what I do. The way of the cross is the way of Jesus. The way of resurrected living, the way of expressing God's justice and love is the cross. I want you to understand that the cross for Jesus is a moment and time and it's an action of justice and grace, but the cross is not radically different than the way he lived the rest of his life. In fact, his whole way, his whole life is the way of the cross. Every moment that Jesus breathed on the earth was living out the cross for us. Demonstrating an unrelenting pursuit of justice. An unrelenting pursuit of acts of radical generosity. and Loving kindness. Every moment Jesus shows us the way of the cross. Not just at the cross. Jesus reveals his character in every moment. The cross is the model of resurrected living. It is the model for us to live out, to live out justice and to live out grace, to lay down your wants, to lay down your needs, to put others first. Jesus actually summarized this in in the... uh, it says, I mean, the golden rule, right? It says, do unto others as you wish to do unto, uh, they would do unto you. And, and we know this is not a radical thing. This is all over ancient and eastern world, right? People had this, the golden rule. But Jesus is radical in how he, he lives it out, how he models it, because he doesn't just say it, he does it. He says, I lay down my life 
so that you lay down your life for me. And how does he want you to lay down his life for him? By laying your life down for others, for your neighbor. The way of the cross demonstrates grace and a radical life of forgiveness. Oh, brothers and sisters, what does the Lord require of you? What is the Lord working inside of you? He's working out the resurrected life. He's working out the way of the cross. He's working out the way of Jesus. He's working out the fruits of the Spirit. You want to understand how to do justice? I mean, there's lots of ways. I could spend a long time talking about how to live justly in this world, how to live out God's character in this world. But if you understand it simply and, be, and to start with it, it's God's character. Let's start with his fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 23. This is, this is God's work in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You live those out generously? I mean, a radical generosity in that through to other people? That is justice. That is God's character. When my, my kids get in a kerfuffle and they're, they're fighting and they're arguing or just, just not being generous, the, the refrain in our house, are, are you being kind? I don't really care what's going on. I don't care who's right or wrong. Are you being kind? Are you being radically generous in this moment? Do you, have a, do you have an incredible patience in this moment to understand the other person? To be gentle with them? To have peace with them? To control yourself? That is justice. You imagine we all begin to live out that, then there is institutional and societal justice. Because in our very nature as humans, we are not that. We are not God's character. We are unjust. God is making us just. Romans 12, 9 is perhaps my favorite verse of of love. And I'll, I'll read it quickly for you. This is another way of how you live out justice how you live out kindness, how you live out God's character. Let love be genuine, right? Let love be real. Don't, don't let it be tangible. Don't just say love. Do love. Abhor what is evil. I love the first thing that he actually says about love. He says hate. Hate what is evil. Hate the injustices in this world. Hate the unkindness in this world. Hate the lack of forgiveness in this world. Hate the, the violence in this world. We should hate all of that. We should hate it in ourselves. And then he goes, how do you live out God's character? Hear him very quickly. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in the harmony with one another. 
Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Maybe if you have a problem with, I don't understand why people are saying there wasn't justice, but there was accountability. Here's my thing. Weep with them. Go and find out what they mean and why they are weeping and why they don't feel justice. Don't go there to try to agree. Go there to actually understand and weep. That's living out justice. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of other. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written that vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. I want to hear clearly, right? Retributive justice is left to God. Now, the, now, God gives the state some power in secular justice in the idea that he, God gives the state the ability to create peace and order and, and uh, certain communities that are safe. Look at, we need to be citizens. We need to be Christians that hold each other accountable, that hold uh, citizens accountable, that hold police, which are a subset of citizens accountable. We all need to be held accountable for our actions, for our unjust actions. We need to hold our systems accountable. We need to always look to reform them because we know they're not in God's character, because we're not in God's character. But let's start with you and I paying attention to be reformed in God's character day in and day out to demonstrate God's loving justice. At the very beginning, I said that justice wasn't done this week because George Floyd is still dead. Hear this very clearly. God's justice, God's love brings life. It is life-giving. The cross turns death to life. We live out God's righteousness. We live out out the resurrected life as brothers and sisters at the bride of Christ so that others might walk from death to life. That others might see who God is. That we might point them to the one who is just, to the one who is kind and loving. Please stand for the benediction. Please stand for the benediction. Brothers and sisters, hear it clearly. God loves you. God adores you. God loves you even when you're unlovable. God is writing his character on you. Go and live out that character. Live out God's loving justice to the world so that you may point the world to God. That's the beginning of justice. Go in peace.